Well, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Encouraging Others Through Christ. I am recording this on Tuesday, July 26th, 2022, and today I'm going to be talking about this concept of choosing my own path. Sounds kind of dangerous, is what some old triggered belief systems are saying inside of me. But it is definitely something that I have felt called to do. Now, it's very clear that I have gone down a divergent path from what I was conditioned to believe was the only path a Christian or a follower of Christ should go down. And Along this journey, I have allowed myself to study and read and and implement and try things from various different traditions and wisdom teachings of other spiritual paths. And one of the things that I just finished reading the other day, it was about a week ago, was something called the Kybalion. The author of the Kybalion is unknown. It's labeled as three initiates. And I do have study, and there's a guy who is thought to be the author of it, and he's a author of the New Thought Movement and all of this other stuff. So there's a lot of controversy around the authority or the all of the stuff, right? <laughs> so, so the other day, I went to some very dear friends of mine who I love and respect and, and trust, and I, I wrote to them and I said, hey guys, I just finished reading and studying the Kybalion. Have you any of you ever read it? And one of my dear friends wrote back and says, I've semi-read it, gave up about 50 pages in though. Might make for an interesting discussion. How do you evaluate any text that presents itself as quote-unquote inspired or quote-unquote spiritual? Now, I got to tell you, I, w- I was thinking that I would probably just reserve this conversation for another panel discussion of the EOTC Mystery School. And I do believe that even though I'm recording this podcast episode right here, right now, that I do still want to have a panel discussion because I'm not going to share with you everything that's in my mind about how I personally evaluate any text that presents itself as a inspired spiritual text that one should follow and that this is what God has handed down to humans to understand his design and will for the human race. (laughs) So there's a lot more that I feel inside that I haven't outlined yet. But today in my journaling, just I felt... (laughs) inspired, if you will, to journal some of my initial thoughts, and I want to share that with you today. And What I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you from my journal. So at 8.16 a.m. this morning, less just less than an hour ago, I started this journal entry, 
and I'm gonna I'm going to probably read to you, and I don't know at certain points I may stop and paraphrase some things that are that are going on. So anyway, let, let's see how it goes. Choosing my own path. That is a phrase that just came to my mind. Yesterday, I came across a short video on TikTok featuring a quote from Earl Nightingale, where he talked about, quote unquote, the most unrewarding game in life called follow the follower. In this short video clip on TikTok, Earl Nightingale told a story of a jewelry store owner who noticed that every morning for many years, a working man would stop and adjust his watch to the same time as the big clock in the window of his jewelry store. One morning, after many years of this, the store owner was sweeping the sidewalk when the same working man stopped to adjust his watch to that same clock in the window. The jewelry shop owner asked, Why do you do that? I've noticed that you've been adjusting your watch to the clock in my store window for years now. The working man said, I'm the foreman down at the plant. I wanted to be sure that my watch is correct because I'm responsible for blowing the big quitting whistle at the end of the night at 5 o'clock. The jeweler said, well, that's funny. I've been setting that clock in the window by that quitting whistle for all of these years. Earl Nightingale went on to say, it seems like a very logical thing, but both of these men could have been off by as much as six months. So many people are going through life with what they thought to be correct without checking his references. So I want to say that again. So many people go along through life with what they thought to be correct without checking his references. So the next line I put in my journal here, consider your references. Now this is where um, I, I feel divinely inspired and led by God. Whether I am or not, that's uh, can be up for debate. But this is how uh, it, this all started. By the way, I, I just like I had already journaled two different journal entries prior to this, and I figure I'm done journaling for the day. I'm going to go sit in my chair and I'm going to read a book. And the idea of choosing my own path came to my mind, and I was thinking about you know, oh my gosh, I should probably schedule that next EOTC Mystery School panel discussion on this topic of, of, of how do you evaluate books that claim to be inspired or spiritual. And this phrase kept, it was just stuck. It's like choosing, choosing my own path, choosing my own path. And I'm like, what does choosing my own path mean? And I felt that prompting within, it's like, you're not going to find out unless you start journaling. So just, but, but I'm like, oh, but what do I journal? Well, start with writing the date, 
the time, and then write in quotes, choosing my own path, and see what happens. And I'm like, okay. And so, so far, so far, I've read to you everything that had come out as a result of following that prompting. So I get to the end of this where I write down, consider your references. But as I thought about that, what does that mean? Well, gosh, it says here, so many people are are going through life with what they thought to be correct without checking their references. And the other thing that I reminded of is the fact that he went back to that this is an entire story all about the most unrewarding game in life. And the game, he said, is called Follow the Follower. And then it occurred to me, what does this mean? Why am I journaling today? And instantly, the blind leading the blind popped into my mind. Follow the Follower, the blind leading the blind. So I'm like, okay, let me go look up that reference. I remember Jesus talking about the blind leading the blind, which then took me to Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 14. Now, I'm not going to tell you the entire story. I'm not going to read it. It wouldn't take too long if I did. Maybe I should, but um, yeah, you know what? I'll do it for you. How is it? Why not? It's not that long. This is going to be taken from the New International Version of the Bible, And here is what it says. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were very offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Okay, so now I've read the whole thing. Now back to my journal. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 14, we are told a story of how the religious leaders of the day and the teachers of the law were very upset with Jesus' followers because they were breaking the tradition 
of the elders. In verses 8 and 9, Jesus quoted, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, the, the, what I want to emphasize, their hearts are far from me. They are not directly in connection with me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. The section of Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 14, ends with verse 14, where Jesus says, leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. What do we have illustrated in this story? For me, what I recognize is that many people in the Old Testament had direct experiences with God, and they did their best to be faithful communicators of what God had inspired them to communicate. Next, you have many generations of people who have not practiced direct union with God, who instead had devoted their lives to preserving the documented communication of those who did have direct contact with God. These religious leaders, who did not have direct union with God, made rules, rituals, and traditions that became their dogma and doctrines. Over time, the religious leaders became followers of those who followed the doctrines and traditions that were created by the followers of those who once had direct communication and union with God. Imagine just how much was lost from one follower's interpretation of a previous generation's interpretation of a follower who based his or her interpretation off the interpretation of a previous generation's interpretation of followers. (laughs) Thus explains why there are countless divergent doctrines and denominations within the quote-unquote Christian church today. Now, for me, and I underlined this, and, and specifically for me, because I don't think this is for everyone. I think everyone should be following the Christ light within them. But the Christ light within them says, for me, Cliff Ravenscraft, not anyone else. I am not preaching this. I am not teaching this. I am sharing my journal of what I wrote for me. Okay? So, for me, I sensed Jesus calling me, and I underlined me, to quote-unquote leave them. And when I say leave them, I'm referring to the quote-unquote Christian church. And I, and I, yeah, I'll just stop there. All right. To instead follow the Christ light within me, to be guided by the Holy Spirit of God via my direct union with God. I will, I will uh, inject one thing here before I read this last line out of the journal entry. So for me, I, I still have, an incredible amount of respect for scripture Uh, and and specifically the Bible as it is available in the many different translations and forms today. But I also have an interest in earlier translations that were interpreted differently. Uh, 
uh, and and other people's interpretations of those interpretations, uh, and those people's commentaries on those interpretations of interpretations. But I also have a great amount of respect for other cons- considered wholly inspired texts from other traditions, including the Gnostic Gospels, but also ancient scriptures from other faith backgrounds and paths, such as the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita and the Vedas and and all of this other stuff that's available out there from people who claim to have had direct union with God. I, I, I want to consider all of the references in the things that that I have felt prompted and guided from Christ within me, leading and guiding. And I definitely know and trust and feel that I'm being led and I'm being guided. So I will now go here and I'm going to reread that last statement and then I'm going to read the very final line here. For me, I sense that Jesus was calling me to leave them, to instead follow the Christ light within me, to be guided by the Holy Spirit of God via my direct union with God. The final line from the Earl Nightingale quote was this, and Earl Nightingale said this, so what I suggest is that from now on that we check our references and ask ourselves, are the people I'm following going where I want to go? Are the people I'm following going where I want to go? You know, I've interacted in a lot of online community places. And of course, even before then, I've been in a lot of physical places and locations and environments where religious leaders experts in the law, and experts in doctrine, experts in theology, the study of God, not the direct practice of union with God, but the study of God. I've, I've followed, I've been in these environments where these theologians and apologists go out and try to convince others of the quote-unquote good news and it is the most unchristlike example of how to communicate and serve others than I've ever experienced. And I have been one of such people. I have been in physical environments, street preaching, invited by other evangelists to go out onto the street into a festival in San Antonio, Texas, many years ago while I was on vacation. And they said, why don't you go hand out Bible tracts? And I was preaching to people about, you know, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And would you like to be saved? And this is why if you continue to live this sinful lifestyle, blah, 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 you're going to burn in hell. And let me tell you how you can be saved from it and all this other stuff. And and judging them, building no rapport. And, and none of this has any resemblance of what we see demonstrated in the life of Christ as documented in those same scriptures where all of this theology came from. I see a woman who was dragged into the street after being caught in the act of uh, sex outside of marriage 
we see no such man being dragged into the street, but there's this woman there. And what it's like, what does the law say about this? She should be stoned to death. And it's like, and he who is without sin cast the first stone and everybody left. This woman obviously had been caught and it had, and, and Jesus had clearly said it. It's like, well, I, I agree that your law says this. So let the first of you who is without sin cast that first stone. And we read in the, later in the story, he's like, where are your accusers? And the woman looked up and was like, they're, they're all gone. And he says, nor do I accuse you. And then he didn't give her a theological theological sta- statement and all this other stuff and say, come follow me and be my disciple and become an evangelist to the entire world. This is your mission and purpose in life. He did that for some who were called to be that. But for her, he said, go, be free. Live your life without this sin. Stop missing the mark. Find, find the true purpose for your life. That's what he said. You know, and, and he hung out with people. It, it, it just, it, Jesus is going where I want to go. But what I recognized through all of this experience that I was having through all of this religious adherence to the teachings and the doctrines, don't do this, you must do this, and if you don't do this, you're going to burn in hell and all of this other stuff. And I'm like, where did that come from? Well, it came from this person's interpretation, and and this person said this, who said this, and it's based upon what this person said, and and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the followers leading the follower, or following the followers who followed the followers who followed the followers, and this is, in fact, a modern day Blind leading the blind. How many of these people are showing and demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit? Kindness, love, compassion, long-suffering. Where, where is this? Where is the unconditional love? Where is the judge not? Where is the love others as you love yourself? Where is this? And I just wasn't seeing it. And I'm like, I hear the phrase, leave them. You know, I shared in a different podcast in a different place at a different time. I once walked into this room virtually on an app called Clubhouse, which is a social audio platform, became very popular in 2020 and still using it today here in 2022 and in the early days of this platform it seemed like it seemed like almost all day every day there was a room uh, called ask us anything um or i I can't remember no it was called ask a christian ask a christian is what it was called and and oh it was ask actually the the room the the club might have been called ask a Christian, and I think it said, we have answers. <laughs> it was very bold, very, very open, and I went into that room, and you would have these atheists that would come in, and sometimes genuine seekers that would come in, but this host of panelists 
who are they are qualified theologians. They have studied the doctrines. They knew the stuff. They could quote Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse, and they could go into great depths about the teachings of many great theologians who have who have been revered in the past, all followers of followers of followers of followers of followers of followers who once had direct union with God. And all of the interpretations. But they they had they had their memorized creeds and everything. And I just witnessed so much judgment and condemnation and this I, I, I don't even know the words I mean I know that if you're listening to me chances are you have witnessed this chances are you maybe like me have been this to other people and, and it was all this if you don't here, here's the situation if you don't believe in the Bible as the inerrant, unfallible word of God and accept everything as it is without question, then you cannot know God. You cannot be one with him. That this is a requirement, they said. And this just makes no logical sense whatsoever because this document that they're referring to is, and most of their teachings of Jesus come from the New Testament that they're reading from this document that wasn't even composed until a couple hundred years until after Christ left this earth. Does that mean for a few hundred years these people could not have, nobody was able to be saved? See, the good news was a direct union with God. That's what Jesus' message was all about. Anyway, uh, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. I already have, I think, at least four, three or four co-panelists for this discussion. How do you evaluate any text that presents itself as inspired or spiritual or authoritative? I think that's going to be a fun conversation, and I will be bringing that to you in a recorded conversation here in this podcast coming soon, but I I just wanted to share this, this thing here. All of that came from choosing my own path, and my own path is a path where I walk with Jesus, where he leads me beside still waters. He teaches me mercy and compassion. He teaches me how to love myself unconditionally, how to flow with the grace of God, and how to extend that love that I have for myself to all those I encounter in life. To be free of the judgment and self-condemnation and self-criticism so that when I encounter others, I can express that same lack of judgment, that same lack of criticism. So that one day, 
I might be prepared to give the reason for the hope that I have. And if I'm ever asked because somebody sees me and says, wow, that guy's going where I want to go. (laughs) And they ask me, how is it that you got there? How is it that you got onto this path? Can you tell me more about it? And I'm not going to say, well, here are all the things I believe that you ought to believe. That's not what I'm going to say to them. No, I will always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that I have. And it is not in doctrines. It's not in dogma. It's not in traditions. It's in Christ. It is union with Christ within me. That is what Jesus taught. When you pray, go into the space where you can be alone with your Father in heaven Hear his voice speak to you directly. Follow him. Thanks for tuning in.